Welcome to the Beef Brunch Educational Series podcast, bringing you information on cattle production and management in Louisiana and surrounding states. All right, good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. Um, It is Tuesday, January 5th of 2021, and we are excited to be back with y'all for our news update. Um, If you've not joined us yet before, my name is Ashley Edwards, and with me are Lee Falk uh, in the Northwest region, Jason Holmes in the Northeast region, and Vince Desitel in the Central region. So we're going to kick off our news update today with Lee talking a little bit about weather and field status and kind of what's been going on over the last two weeks over the holidays um, in the Northwest region. Good morning, everyone. Glad to be with y'all in this new year. Uh, We hope to have a a prosperous and and most importantly, a healthy new year as we move forward into 2021. Um, Just a little bit about what's going on in our corner of the world is it's kind of quiet right now. Uh, We're in a typical winter weather pattern for our part of the country, which is uh, you know, you'll have a cold front move through uh, pretty good rain event and uh, then uh, cool to cold temperatures and and then it moderates just a little bit. So I would say that it's pretty average as far as weather. There's definitely plenty of moisture out there. Uh, there's no lack of moisture anywhere in, in northern Louisiana, I would say. Um, the one thing that um, we, we saw on the weather this morning is the forecasters in this part of the world are starting to talk about a little bit of winter weather coming up this weekend uh chance of snow and and hopefully we can avoid ice um uh later on into the weekend i think sunday but it, it's so hard to forecast winter weather in, in in anywhere in louisiana i guess that uh uh hopefully by the time that we uh, uh, uh talk next it, it will have been a non-event uh, we, we, we talk fairly often with cattle producers, you know, if you have the choice between 40 degrees and rain or, or, or 30 degrees and snow, most folks would choose 30 degrees and snow, but it just wreaks havoc on, on everything. So hopefully that won't come to pass. Um, ryegrass looks good this time of the year. Uh, you know, we, we continue to have a good ryegrass year, I would say. Uh, of course, like uh, going back that winter weather, that would definitely knock a, not knock it back pretty good if we get uh, uh, specifically ice. But uh, ryegrass looks good. Lots of cattle turned out on ryegrass. Uh, I'm sure enjoying that. that. That that has been a bright spot this fall and, and, and winter, of course. Uh, higher feed prices, like we talked about extensively on our last uh, news update, coupled with the higher cattle prices that we've seen. We, we, we hadn't had uh, any auction data to report of. Most auction markets have been shut down for two weeks for the uh, Christmas, New Year's holidays. Uh, but but the futures markets, as Jason's going to talk about in his report, have been trending higher. There's a lot of optimism in the markets. And what that's uh, going to correlate to is more cattle moving. Uh, like I said, you couple that with higher feed prices, and that's just more incentive. These folks has got these fall, uh, uh, these fall wean calves, you know, spring-born fall wean calves that they were holding. They put a, a backgrounding on, and and they've been just trying to hold out hope for a little better price. Um, you know, now's the time that they're, they're they're starting to look seriously at this, and I think a lot of people are waiting to see what this week of auction results uh, has in store. And I think we're going to see a, a, a tremendous surge of cattle start moving in the next uh, next couple of weeks if 
if uh, if if these higher prices do materialize as they've been uh, been uh, forecast to. Um, I've talked to a few people about it, and I'm not going to get into a lot of detail here, but just as a kind of reminder, uh, you know, January kind of sneaks up on us. We 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 uh, look forward to the holiday season and everything, and then uh, it's over, and here we are in January, and um, time moves off fast, and it's getting to be time to start uh, thinking about pre-emergent herbicide options in, in hay fields. And, and, and maybe in pastures, depending on your circumstance. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'll just make mention that, you know, if you're, you're having problems with uh, volunteer ryegrass in your hay fields or, or uh, sure crabgrass, uh, which is something that plagues us, we've talked about it <coughs> numerous times in our updates, uh, visit with your local county agent, talk to one of us, and we'll kind of get you pointed in the right steps. But Now's the time to start getting a game plan on that. And I, I'll end on on another planning note. Uh, you know, most us cattle producers, we we save winter for our, our projects. You know, we've got uh, welding projects, we've got fencing projects, we've got uh, 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 you know maintenance and repair things that we put off whenever during the busier time of the year. One thing that I, I I'd like to stress to folks is uh, uh, one of those other tasks that you need to be looking at is planning. Uh, I, I, you know, us, us cattle producers, we, we we do a good job of producing a good product. You know, our calves, and, and, and if you're in cow calf business, you know, we, we we raise excellent cattle. We we do a good job at, at tending to what uh, God God's bestowed on us. Uh, but but one thing sometimes we lack on a little bit, and me included, is is planning uh, for the future. Sitting down, and getting a game plan. When I'm talking about planning, you know going on and making some decisions on fertilization, making some decisions on on, on uh, weed management, uh, uh, so on and so forth. You, the list goes on and on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just encourage you that uh, uh, to take some time during during this season to to, to get the, some planning uh, done as far as our next growing season, because like I said, time flies by and before you know it, we'll be into, into spring and everything. So with that, I'm going to quit rambling and wrap it up, Ashley. That's great. Thank you, sir. Vince, I'm going to turn it over to you. Same thing, just, you know, what is stuff looking like in Central and South Louisiana? What's, what has it looked like over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Ashley, for having me this morning and Happy New Year, year, Happy New year to everyone. Um, hopefully that uh, our New Year is not as eventful as last year was in, in terms of uh, what's going on in, in the big scheme of things, but uh, that we can, uh, you know, get past all this, this COVID-19 issues and, and go and move into uh, more personal and, uh, you know, personal meetings where we can meet each other and, and go out with the clientele and do things as we've done in the past. Uh, but as far as weather conditions in, in South and Central Louisiana, uh, as as Leah alluded to earlier, it's it's been rather mundane. I mean, we get uh, three or four Days of sunshine. We got a, a front coming through with a little rain event. Uh, we've been fortunate. Uh, you know, three quarters of an inch, half inch to three quarters of an inch, maybe up to an inch in spots. Um, but you get three or four days of sunshine, and that you know dissipates pretty quickly as far as ground conditions are concerned. Uh, however, it is it is wet. You know, we've got plenty of soil moisture, and um, you know, feeding areas are getting pretty soupy as we talked about uh, on the previous update. Uh, but you know, ryegrass has has been holding on pretty good. Um, uh, naturally, our, our our landscapes here and our, our topography is, is quite different in North Louisiana, so 
we're on flat ground and uh, when it gets wet it's wet so um it's, it's sometimes a struggle when you get into january and february to make ryegrass grow because of wet conditions um but it's it's holding on remarkably uh, uh and i always when i get to january first as as a producer myself i i say we've got 60 days of this crap left so uh hopefully you know, we'll get to march 1st and uh, March the 10th, and we start to see some more spring-like weather. But, however, it has been spring-like, uh, you know, after these fronts. We get a couple of really cold mornings with the frost, uh, and then, you know, it moderates. So, uh, it's been really good. Um, as far as what, you know, producers have gone on in the area, uh, still trying to combat, you know, feeding uh, replacement heifers. And uh, we don't stock a whole lot of cattle in, in central and south Louisiana due to our ground conditions. Uh, when we get into the winter months, it's uh, we just get too boggy, and, and you know, you know people tend to liquidate, you know, come uh, mid-November into de early December. Uh, so they keep only the necessaries as far as the cow herds are concerned and, uh, you know, the breeding stock and, and replacement heifers. And, and it's, a, it's a task in managing those. So we don't stock our many cattle as far as that goes. Um, you know, the, the markets, uh, Jason will touch on that, but uh, it's, been, it's been up and down. The good ones are still selling for pretty decent uh, cash money. As, as, you know, Lee alluded to, our, our local markets have been closed for two weeks. Uh, but prior to the holidays, I mean, we're still seeing some some good, uh, you know, five and six weights bringing, you know, dollar thirty, dollar forty. So uh, that's the really good ones. Now, the, the you know, the, the lower end cattle, uh, you know, people are disappointed and tend to want to run with that on the street that uh, cattle are not worth anything. So uh, you get into November and December, cattle get pretty thin and pretty poor, uh, especially if you're not on top of your parasite control. Uh, you know, things get get pretty, pretty nasty looking pretty quick. So. Um, with that being said, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, some, you know, some hay meadow uh, and hay field uh, management. I'm getting a lot of calls right now on, uh, you know, some ryegrass fields not performing like they are. And it's, you know, it's directly resulted to, you know, wet conditions and, you know, not responding to fertilized applications and that sort of thing. So people are second guessing some of their management decisions. But uh, I, I just tell them, I said, wait on drier conditions and, and things will improve rapidly. And as, as I alluded to, that, that 60 days from January 1 to March one is is always a, a highly anticipated time frame to to get past a, a winter. Uh, talking about winter, uh, you know we're even forecasted. You know we get into Sunday and Monday for some snow and ice. Um, you know follow Facebook a little bit and people are all excited about snow. I don't want any snow here. I mean it's uh, we got predominantly Brahmin influence type cattle. Uh, that's that's death on on Brahmin cattle. Uh, if you don't have cover, which you know we don't have cover for a lot of our cattle uh, operations in South Louisiana. Um, severe enough, cold enough, drastic enough change, we'll lose some cattle. So um, hopefully uh, they missed the forecast by a long shot and no snow, no ice. So, but I, I think we're in for a ride on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So, but that being said, that's all I have today. Perfect. Thank you. So I want to jump in and add, um, you know, we're talking about different things that producers need to be thinking about and checking in their operations and, um, I wanted to add in, you know, don't forget about your bulls. Um, a lot of you have your, your breeding season coming up and um, want to make sure that, yes, you know, I know we talk a lot about our cows and, and the importance of the cows, but don't forget those bulls play a big impact and a big role um, on your pregnancy rates and um, your offspring performance. So just, so, you know, a couple of reminders that it is worth doing a breeding status exam. It's worth getting the vet out there, having him do an evaluation um do a semen collection check the bull you want to do a breeding sinus exam at least 60 days out if at all possible if you're closer than that um, to your breeding season still get them out if you haven't done one because it's better to know that something is wrong 
um, now before you put them out with cows than later when you're doing your pregnancy determination. So um, 60 days is the magic number there because that's how long it takes for a whole new wave of sperm to get ready for him. So if there were any major issues, um, you know, that's that's the magic number there is 60 days. I always say try to go 90 days, you know, give it a little bit longer, give it a little bit more time um, to correct any issues that, that they might have. The other thing with the 90 days is body condition. Okay, so you want those bulls to be five and a half, six and a half, somewhere in there. Expect them to lose a body condition score during the breeding season. They're out there, they're doing their job, they're burning calories, they're working. They're going to lose a body condition score. Um, so it takes longer to put weight on. Uh, so that 90 days out, have your body condition score check, come back in, you know, before 60 days out, do your breeding sinus exam, uh, get those bulls looked at, uh, keep an eye on them. You know, you can check them 60 days out and they can be perfect, but sustain some kind of injury or something like that before you actually turn them out with the cow. So um, don't just stick them back in the back pasture and not watch them anymore, but Keep an eye on them. Uh, if you have questions on nutrition profiles, uh, you know, your young bulls, you're wanting them to gain pound and a half, two pounds a day, something like that before you put them out. Um, if you have questions on that, on what to feed them, what to supplement, if you think they might be running a little thin, reach out to one of us, reach out to your local agent, and they will be able to help you with that. So we're going to swap gears. Um, Jason, if you don't mind talking a little bit more about what we've seen in the new Corona stimulus package, please. All right. Yes, ma'am. Before I get into that, I was just going to add one thing to uh, I thought Lee had some really good comments and uh, write those plans down. Um, it uh, just gives you something to go back and look at. Uh, sit down with all of the people that are involved, whether it's employees, whether it's family members and and write those plans down. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, that plans don't change as you go through the year. I mean, we got to be adaptable. Um, and you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta kind of move with the flow. So, but if you don't write those plans down uh, and have something to go back and look at um, and compare what you're doing to what your actual plans were, it gets kind of difficult. Uh, so, Lee, I thought that was some good comments. So, the latest uh, uh, coronavirus relief package for agriculture uh, came out over the holidays. Uh, just to kind of give a a recap there. So we had the CARES Act and then we had CARES Act 2.0 and uh, now we've got the latest uh, relief package. So in the original CARES Act, um, um, Lee and I deal with a lot of cattlemen that are also uh, contract poultry growers. Uh, so the CARES Act uh, had nothing in there uh, that benefited uh, contract poultry growers. Uh, we got a little bit excited whenever the 2.0 bill came out because it actually had language in there for broilers, but then as we got into it, we realized that it wasn't going to benefit contract growers of, of livestock at all. So uh, this latest uh, relief package does provide some, uh, some relief for those contract growers of livestock. Uh, that, uh, that covers contract dairy, uh, pork, and poultry. Uh, which is, is good for those folks. And also if they had to do any depopulation of animals during that time, uh, it also is going to give them about 80% uh, relief of those uh, of those depopulated animals and the cost that they incurred whenever they had to go through that depopulation uh, process. So that's good. Um, it also gives us a um, another uh, payment, uh, I guess you call those just direct payments. Um, 
uh, for uh, for our beef cattle producers. Uh, so if you're if you if you, you look at actually and I were talking about this yesterday, you gonna have to put your math caps on whenever you start doing this math um, because there's um, uh, there's payment factors in there relative to what you receive from the original CARES Act and then 2.0. Um, uh, so you you take what that total rate was, you subtract out um, uh, what your uh, what you received per head. You multiply that by 50%, and that's what'll give you uh, that'll give you what you're going to get out of the the current uh, COVID relief package. So, um, and there's a I sent out an email yesterday that had an example in it. Uh, you can go to American Farm Bureau; they've got some really good. Um, write-ups on that, but uh, there will be some direct payments, uh, inventory-based direct payments uh, for uh, for beef cattle producers. So I encourage you to uh, to educate yourself on that. We have not received any information from USDA. I reached out to our local uh, CED yesterday, uh, sent him an email uh, just asking if um, uh, if they if they had any statements that they wanted us to just pass along to folks um, as we as we visit with them about these um, uh, this new relief package, I've not heard back from him at this time, but uh, uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit of direction from from USDA in terms of how um, how that'll be paid. The framework for the the inventory based uh, payments, I think that's pretty much there. The, they've been doing that. I, I'm not for sure how much um, the framework is there for paying the uh, the contract growers in terms of the poultry, hogs and dairy. Uh, hopefully that um, hopefully that won't be too painful as we go through that process. Um, but again, educate yourselves. Um, um, explore how that's going to affect your operation. Um, and take advantage of those dollars. Uh, that's uh, that, that's there for you. Yeah, I understand the bureaucracy that's involved in it, but uh, um, take advantage of those dollars that are being offered for you. Thank you. Do you want to go ahead and go into our market update? Yes, ma'am. Um, so Lee, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. So uh, 2020 did end on a positive note in terms of most stocks and commodities. Um, and if uh, if you follow the stock market, uh, the stock market did exceptionally well in the last quarter of 2020. Uh, all of our commodities uh, followed suit with that. The board was strong. However, the first day of trading for 2021 did not <laughs> didn't uh, didn't quite fare in our favor too well. Um, stocks, uh, um, and I hope it's just maybe an overcorrection, uh, but uh, stocks did not open very well on the first day of trading for the year. Um, and, um, and unfortunately, the way that our commodities follow those stocks, uh, the commodities fail as well. Um, how much of this is being driven by a lot of political banter right now? Uh, there is a whole lot of politics being played around the country. Um, and we all know that politics play a big, uh, big role in the stock market. So, um, and the first day of trading was not very good. Looking at, uh, um, looking at how they're going to continue out through the week, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But to 
kind of emphasize on Lee's comments. Markets have been closed over the last two weeks and historically um, this week is normally one of our largest volume weeks of the year um, just because those um, those markets are have not been open and those uh, those sale barns and those buyers are they're eager to get back to work they're eager to start getting some cattle rolling again so like Lee said the the next couple of weeks hopefully we'll have some pretty good volume and some pretty good prices if we can get this stock market to uh, to correct itself a little bit um, so a lot of a lot of our cattlemen will be taking advantage of that uh, along with the fact that uh, that it's a new tax year uh, so uh, some of those folks will be looking to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, choice box beef cutout started the week up $2.33 um, um, cents a hundred weight at 209.87 and select down $1.40 a hundred weight at 196.53 compared to our last day of reports, which was the Wednesday prior to Christmas. So uh, whenever we open back up those markets, our choice uh, choice box beef cutouts uh, opened up very strong. Um, our select was down a little bit. In the five area feeding region, the volume of fed steer negotiated cash sales were higher for the last week of the year uh, with just over 72,000 head of negotiated sales for the week. Uh, those cash sales ranged from 108 to 112. Uh, which was about a dollar to dollar or two higher for the week. Uh, most recent quotes showed February futures were trading down two dollars and ninety two cents at one twelve ten. April down three twenty at one sixteen oh five, and June down two thirty five at one twelve thirty five. So, uh, yeah, the markets are trading down, uh, uh, but thank goodness we're still around that one twelve one fifteen. Um, and if we can if we can stay there, that's that's not too bad. We would we would certainly like for it to be up closer to a dollar twenty, but um, it's certainly not that bad. So the most recent uh, auction reports that we have are coming out of OKC, uh, Oklahoma City Stockyards. Five to six hundred pound steers, medium large ones and twos sold between one twenty eight and one fifty one. So I'm certainly glad that Vince made the comment a while ago that he did. Uh, on some of those higher value cattle. So uh, if you look at market reports, they typically will give you some sort of indication of uh, whether those calves are unweaned, whether they were fleshy. Um, and so that 128 is unweaned calves. So those that 151, that's those cattle that have been weaned, um, you know, potentially had a vaccination program. Uh, in place, but uh, you can see that's a big difference between those unweaned calves at 128 uh, and everything else averaging out in the 150. So good comments uh, there from Vince of, of what you can do just by uh, taking the taking the effort to uh, go ahead and wean those calves on farm. Most recent reports uh, coming out of OKC for seven to 800 pound feeder steers sold between 126 and 131. Uh, January future quotes on those same class of cattle down 370 at 135.25, March down 407 at 136.15, and April down 375 at 138.02. Um, so, and my, I'm one of those people that my glass is always half full. So, uh, to close on a positive note, consumer demand for beef 
is continually to be very strong. Consumers want our product. Um, and just like Lee said a while ago, uh, we have done an excellent job in this industry over the years of providing a high quality product that consumers want to eat. Um, and that shows by uh, a demand trend. So all we need at this point, we just need our restaurants to get back to some sort of normalcy over this coming year uh, to where uh, folks are not only purchasing that beef at the grocery store, but they're going back out and we can get that beef rolling through our restaurants again. Uh, but uh, if, if, we can, if we can get those restaurants back opened up, get those restauranteurs uh, back in business, and uh, I really think it will be a positive uh, note for the beef industry as we as we continue to see a strong demand. And that's all I've got, Ashley. We uh, we will get back into so we don't have any feedstuffs to report uh, just because the markets have been shut down. But uh, in our next demand, hopefully, we'll have a good idea of what those what those grains are going to look like in the in the early part of 2021. All right, thank you. Thank all of you um, for all the updates today. I'm going to wrap up just by saying that our monthly webinar is a week from today, so Tuesday, January 12th uh, at 10.30 a.m. Again, it is a live event, um, but we also record it and place it online. Um, so we have Dr. Christine Navarre. She will be talking. Um, the title of her talk is Where Have All the Cattle Vets Gone? So we get asked that quite a bit and producers say, you know, they have difficulty finding a vet that will work on, on large animals or they have to travel a little ways. So she's going to touch on that subject um, some next week. So you can find more information on that as well as our news updates at lsuagcenter.com forward slash beef brunch. Um, you can also find all of our videos on the YouTube channel, which is LSU Ag Center dash livestock. Uh, and with that, we hope that you have a great rest of your week and we will be back with you in two weeks.